podcast we are back it is me and mikey today jeff is i don't know god knows what he's up to right now but uh he told me some manager at his job quit so he's been having to pick up all the hours or some something like that so he's being a hard worker which is good i figured he was doing something eating fish and kickboxing was my guess but i've actually been kickboxing with him so oh how's that been going yeah pretty good it's more like cardio kickboxing but it's pretty fucking good you'd be surprised how much of a full body workout you get from it I'm not surprised because I've been going to the gym. <laughs> I get I get a pump from doing nothing. So um Yeah. I'm not surprised there. Oh, um, real quick, before you hop into Mexico City, I need to say something. I want to shout out Andre Petrosky. I know you guys were lucky enough to talk to him a few years ago. So quick little fucking side story about the man, the myth, the legend. He put up on his Instagram story, he's fighting in Atlantic City. He's scheduled to fight now, the Aaron Blanchfield Man and Ferro card. He put up a friends and family like like offer code. Oh, but he just put it up. So I went on there. I got me, Jeff, my girlfriend, and my friend and his girlfriend tickets for 100 bucks a piece. Oh, my God. Wait, so you're going? Yeah. So Holy get God. this. So that was like three weeks ago. The tickets came out this past week, last week. Yeah. So I didn't get an email enough. And I'm like, fuck, I guess this fucking stupid code didn't work. I'm like, what the hell? Because all, the, pre- all the, like, the general public sales went on. Today, for some reason... Yeah, Tuesday, February 26th, your request for the below tickets have been approved and will be processed by the Arena Box Office. Five tickets, 100 bucks. Five tickets so, for $100? No, 100 a piece. Oh, 100 each, so 500 Oh, my God, dude. Dude, that's – all right, to put it into perspective, I did not pay for these UFC Boston tickets, but I think one ticket was like three three thirty or something. Yeah, so I think so the tickets – Nosebleeds right now in Atlantic City are like 180 on Ticketmaster before fees, so probably 210 and I got like pretty close to the first row of the top for a hundred. Wow. Yeah. So good deal. And thank you very much for the fucking code. He put it out dude for his story for like a couple of hours and was like, don't say you didn't fucking miss it. And I was like, I am not, but I thought we didn't get him Cause I haven't got an email and I just got one today. All right. Fuck yeah, dude. That is awesome. Shout out Andre Petrosky. Weirdly our biggest and first interview. I don't understand how that really happened, but um, yeah, I hope me and Jeff get to run into him there. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully that would be dope. Um, yeah, so shout out Andre Petrosky. Let's get in now to the UFC Fight Night Moreno versus Royval two uh, in Mexico. Lively crowd. Did you see the angle of that crowd fight? That was pretty funny. Dude, even from the start, it was crazy. Even like the earliest of prelims, like I turned it on. I was just sitting in the living room, like holy shit. I thought I like missed the main event or something. Like I fucked the times up because it was so loud and. I noticed, too, with this crowd, and then I think we talked about it with France was another big one. I think Canada may, I think Canada may be somewhat, too. They also cheer a lot for, like, little shit that you have to be a fighting fan, like little hand exchanges, like takeovers on takedowns and shit. I really like that shit. Awesome crowd. Me, too. Complete opposite of the Brazilian crowd, which stinks. So, um, yeah, shout-out Mexico. That was fantastic. Um, let's start with the main event. What a fight. Brandon Roy Vall gets the decision win over Brandon Moreno. I agreed. I had him winning three, four, five. Man, this felt like Roy Vall's coming out party. What do you think about that? Yeah, I also had uh, – I think I had like one, three, four, some, something along the lines. But um, I watched this I, – dude, I can't stay up. I'm an old fuck. I cannot stay up late. So I watched this the next morning with the volume off, which I try to do if I'm going to watch it the next day instead of watching it live. And it, I just – I could not pick three rounds that – no matter which way you twisted it, I couldn't pick three rounds. Marino won. As much as I wanted him to win, I don't think there was three rounds that fight he won. Um, yeah, it was definitely a Roy Vall coming out party. Really, really weird 
like game plan for Moreno. Usually his thing is he outvolumes his opponents by at least some, and he lands the bigger shots as well as outvolume. Um, the the volume difference over from Roy Vol over Moreno was just fucking insanely insanely high. Moreno, I think, landed a couple of the bigger shots, but that was only like a handful or less throughout the whole fight. And yeah, to me, it was like I watched it back twice. I just don't think it seems simplistic to say. I just don't think he did enough to win the fight at all. Like yeah. a couple big shots and then failed takedown attempts is not going to win you a five rounder. One hundred percent. I also felt like he was fine. He had success going to the legs, but he didn't go to the legs enough at all. Yeah, and I don't know, like, his whole attitude and demeanor just seemed off. Like, yeah, like, going into the fourth, I figured, like, all right, here's where Marino comes out. He's a championship-level fighter. He's been champion twice, two to two separate occasions. I figured this is where he's going to push the pace and really take over the fight, and he just didn't. He was just flat. Yeah, 100%. He totally felt flat, and Rival just, the fact that, he, I, I think, I wonder if a part of it was the elevation, but you would think Brandon Moreno being like Mexican would be able to deal with that elevation, but maybe he's from an area that I don't know if he's from Mexico. City. He's from Tijuana. Yeah. So I don't which know. is, which is sea level basically. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. San Diego. Yeah. So that'd be like if one of us went to go fight in um, Denver. So right. that was an aspect of it because it sounds like Rival was in Denver training for this extensively. And he looked, he looked, he didn't look gassed at all. He had no. a bunch of energy coming into the fourth and fifth. Um, I loved his post-fight interview. That was a fucking gangster-ass interview. I I, I kind of think this division's in a good way, no matter what would happen in this fight anyways, because I like Roy Vault, I like Moreno, and I like Pantoja. All the guys are likable. They have, like, good, exciting fighting styles. Like, no matter what happened out of this fight, I think was going to be a good occurrence. Um, I wanted to ask you, did do you think Moreno should – who do you think Moreno should fight next? There's Kaikar France, Manel Cap, and I guess Albazi would be – one of the three, like, who do you think should be the number one contender fight next, assuming Roy Vall is going to fight Pantoja again? Yeah, so my kind of thoughts on this are I don't want Amir Albazi fighting um, Pantoja next for the title because I don't think he deserves it, especially with that split decision win over Kai Car France, which I thought, I think we both thought Car France won. Um, I feel like there are some questions there. I would sort of, I think for me, like, I know Cejudo called out Brandon Moreno. That might be something that's kind of interesting. Um, and honestly, it's up to Brandon Moreno. Like, that that performance made me question about whether or not he's sort of, you know, still in this. He's already been a champion twice, like you mentioned. Does he go for a third time, or does he sort of, you know, take a step back? Um, I, I feel like he has other uh, business ventures and things of that nature, so I almost wonder if he takes a step back. I don't think he's, like, ridiculously old. Um but I don't know. I, I would like to see him fight, um, you know, maybe not Kai Car France, but someone like Albazi would be interesting. I know they had a fight set up that got canceled. Um, maybe if those two are fighting to be the number one contender for the winner of what I think should be Roy Vall, Pantoja 2. I think that's kind of how I want to see it. But then Kai Car France and Manel Kopp, I think they should be rescheduled. I know Manel, for some reason, just can't get into a fight here. I know he keeps getting pulled out on or keeps uh having to pull out so um i think that's kind of how i do it if that makes sense um i don't know i'm trying to find what manel cops next fight is i know he had one scheduled recently and it got it got um pull, yeah he had to pull out on january 13th so um but yeah i guess that's to tie it all together i would like to see kai car france versus manel cop 
Amir Albazi versus Brandon Moreno, and then Pantoja versus Willie Ball, too. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I had, too. I want to see the Manel Cap, uh, Kai Car France rivalry finally come to fruition. And like you were kind of alluding to it, too, it is kind of weird because so Moreno's 30, Kai Car France 30, Albazi's 30. Rival's 31 and Pantoja's 33. Yeah. Marino being the most successful of all of them is probably the youngest because his birthday's yeah. in December. So I just, like you were saying, I don't know, even though he's young, if maybe he has stuff going on outside the cage that's distracting him and maybe he just, I don't know, maybe he's not the same guy. Who knows? But, but it, it was a, it was a really odd performance from him. I know that. I know. I, I, I kind of really feel like it was the elevation, truly. Like, I feel it, like it definitely might have been. Because that feels like it. But it, but he has uh, 31 fights. He's 30. So, may, like, if I'm him, you've made it. I know, and it's easier to say that because I'm not an ultra-competitive athlete like these guys are. Um, but if I'm him, like, I know he's a very smart guy. Um, you obviously leave a piece of you in the ring every time you fight. Why would you not, after having the career that he has, you know, call it quits and preserve yourself while you're still young? I don't know. No, I'm with you. And I, I honestly think if you look back to, like, obviously you have Taporia now, John Jones. Uh, there's some other people I'm not thinking of right now off the top of my head who got the title kind of somewhat young. He's one of the most accomplished UFC fighters ever at the age of 30. I mean, being champ twice and having that quadrilogy with one of the best flyweights all the time is nothing to fucking shake your head at. I mean, 30 years old, he might even just want to break. Uh, who yeah. knows? Maybe we don't see him for a year. I mean, who knows? He's definitely got some stuff to evaluate, though. I know that. Plus, a ton of his fights go to decision, and that's almost worse because that's so much more... Like, when you get knocked out, that's a lot of punishment. But if you get knocked down the first round, that's not that's not the 100-plus strikes you're taking to the head at, on top of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and probably, what, his last seven, eight fights are probably five-rounders still? Yeah. Oh, he's gone through the ringer. Like, I, he, deserves a time, he deserves a break, and he deserves some time off. Um. Let's go to the most surprising thing that happened uh, on uh, on the fight night, which was Yair Rodriguez getting submitted by Brian Ortega right away. Ortega twists his ankle, jumping up and down, getting ready for, like, just kind of locking in um, pre-fight. And then he looks, obviously, kind of compromised. He immediately gets knocked, and I thought it was done for. I was like, oh, shit, I guess Ortega should probably retire after this one. He survives round one, um, and then from there, he just, su- like, survives. And he ends up getting the submission uh, about a minute into round three. What the hell is Yair Rodriguez doing? Dude, I don't know, like, and I mean this in the most least offensive way possible because I am not a strong dude by any means. Like, I cannot lift a lot of weight or anything. Like, I don't, is this motherfucker just weak? like physically weak for the division like should he almost be fighting down even given his height he's a little taller like he gets drugged down by these guys he fights constantly with like not the best form takedowns of all time too he just like physically gets drugged to the mat and it's just very odd and um i wanted to say too uh, this has been bugging my mind ever since a couple nights ago when this fight happened this is the worst fucking case scenario for this fight like i know because there's a couple things that go into this. It's not just that Ortega won. Because I actually like Ortega. I genuinely enjoy his comeback story. I've always liked him as a fighter. Never forget the guillotine he got Vulcan, even though it didn't finish him. I like Brian Ortega. But I think at the beginning of this fight, the worst thing that could have possibly happened is there's not quite a clear winner. And I know it's going to sound 
almost stupid because he literally submitted him. But I mean, clear winner is in like, just because Brian Ortega submitted Yair Rodriguez didn't necessarily mean to me watching those three rounds that he was the better fighter at all. Yeah. Or uh, Yair lost that fight. Brian Ortega did not right. lose that fight. Yair lost it. Exactly. So remember when I booed Max Holloway, Justin Gaethje, and you and Jeffrey gave me them weird faces. This is exactly where I was afraid it was going to lead to because now you're in this weird limbo of like, does Ortega really deserve a title shot after only beating Yair being laid off for like two, what's Ortega been going probably two years now? And in delivering a performance, it's really like, I mean, it's a tough, gritty performance. But is his performance good enough to face off for the title? I don't know. And now you have Max Holloway, who potentially could easily lose to Gaethje, as good as Gaethje's fighting right now. And then it's like, well, they're going to fight a weight class up, so do you count that against Max? It's just now you're in this weird limbo of the featherweight division. And is Volk going to automatically get a rematch, or is he going to take time off? I don't know. Like, the whole thing is just weird. I think the worst thing that could have happened is not really leaving this fight feeling confidently about one or the other guy. And I don't, because I think Ortega goes in there and gets fucking clobbered by Ilya on the feet. And I think Yair would have went in there now looking back on it and gotten rolled. I don't think Ilya would have submitted him, but we saw what Ilya did to a guy who can only grapple. Like, I'm equating this to Ortega. We saw what he did to Bryce Mitchell. He took him through the ringer. And then we see what Ilya did to Volk, who's debatably one of the best strikers on the planet. He's not better than Yair, or he's way better than Yair. So I don't... Like, either of these guys, to me, didn't scream that they could beat Ilya after this fight. Completely agree. This was all set up for Yair. Mexico versus Spain. In Spain, Yair goes to Spain to try and, you know, take the belt off of Teporia. Uh, Yair hates Teporia. This was all set up to be perfect. Of course, uh, Ortega puts a wrench in things here. Um, I love Ortega, too, but he's not... He's not going to sell pay-per-views. He said it himself that he's not here to, like, in his post-fight, he said something about, like, not being here to do that or whatever, and he's just a very respectful, quiet guy, and that's why I love him, but that's not what the casual fan, you know, looks out for, and I agree, this wasn't a decisive enough victory, although he did get a submission win, and he survived everything. He was losing that fight bad, um, and that just was... I don't want to say it was lucky, but you know what I'm saying. Like, that was just a mental error on Yair. And I, I really hope this isn't the case, but I do think Volk goes to Spain and gets the rematch. And I think I, I'm off, but I think that's the only answer right now. After this fight, that's exactly what I would say, too. Like, the only other person who could maybe throw a monkey wrench in this, if they don't want to do Ortego and Volk's out for Absolutely. the foreseeable future, is maybe Max Wynn or Mazvoyev loves the only other one who I think could give Ilya a run. But being the fact that Ortega's 33 and after all that time off, he still hasn't gotten his fucking, uh, he still hasn't gotten his striking defense right, just does not make me feel confident with him fighting Ilya. And then, I mean, speaking of less marketable than Brian Ortega, I mean, Mavzar is. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's about as marketable as us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and there's no way you send him who could feasibly beat Taporia. He's probably the one that would be the scariest, in my opinion. Yeah, me too. Taporia. And to send him over to Spain where he can not even – you can't even get any money out of Taporia other than that one pay-per-view. If he loses the belt to Mobsar, you immediately lose you know, a good champion that can make you a ton of money. So I don't think they give him Mobsar. That's why I think it's going to be Volk, like you said, um, which I don't want to happen. So, yeah, any other uh, thoughts on this fight? 
I genuinely hope Max and Gaethje gets canceled. I know a lot of UFC fans who are listening to this are going to be like, why the fuck would you wish that? It's going to be one of the best fights of the last five years, but I want Max to get the shot. Yeah. All right. Speaking of coming out party, Daniel Zellhuber gets it done against Francisco Prado. Holy fuck. Prado came out there swinging. I know I know. Um, I was really high on Prado coming in. I think I had him pegged to... Um, what's it called upset someone on on his first fight in the ufc i'm trying to trying to find his we both talked pretty highly of him after watching all his regional stuff he's from argentina right uh yes the blue flag i'm trying to think yeah yeah he's he's uh dude he's basically just a lightweight heavyweight like as stupid as that sounds like i know in his first fight he slipped he lot he got outpointed against jamie malarkey i believe that might have been in like brazil yeah um yeah and we we remember I remember us going on and talking about how fantastic of a performance that was from Jamie Malarkey. Um, but then he, he rebounds, he gets that knockout win, and we know this guy has absolute bombs for hands. Um, and he was showing it full force tonight, but Daniel Zellhuber, man, he just he knew exactly what to do and how to keep the distance. It was very impressive. Yeah, I think it just showed you, too, that they're like Zellhuber's only 24, but it showed you that there was a 21-year-old in the ring. Like, yeah. The guy who was younger looked younger. He is still Prado. I'm referring to is still super, super raw. Like he has a lot of work to do before he becomes a formidable UFC fighter, especially in the lightweight division. Especially being a striker in the lightweight division, he's still I I predict will still be pretty good. But he's got a lot of shit to sharpen. He's he's got a lot of time before he gets to like fighting in the rankings. Zell Huber, on the other hand, he cranks out a couple more like that. Who knows? He could be fighting yeah. top twenty to fifteen. That was that was a huge win for him. Get it done in his home country. Um, yeah, he is. He's definitely a prospect to watch for sure because he is so young, like you mentioned. But he is also so polished. Um, yeah, great performance. At least we found out that Prado can take a punch, um, which we saw against the Malarkey fight too. But he took some damage in this one and was able to keep going. Um, obviously, getting the decision loss here. Uh, we don't really have to talk about Yasmin Uruguay versus Sam Hughes, right? Because that was. I, it was just there was one person who was a minus five hundred favorite, and it made sense. There was yeah. one person who was just way better. My dumbass, I saw, I think I saw that Sam Hughes has been in Mexico for weeks. I immediately bet her to win by decision. Um, terrible loss of a dollar. So, um, <laughs> and then Manuel Torres submitting Chris Duncan in less than two minutes. What a way to start off the main card! What a fight! What did you think about that one? Yeah, I would have been happy with either of these guys when I actually like both these guys a lot. Like, I like both their personalities. I like both their fighting styles. Um, Manuel, I, he got sparked pretty early. So he's definitely, yeah. like I was just saying about Prado, still got some stuff to clean up. But I think he's really fucking good. Like, I'm, I'm not saying, like, ranking ready, but I think he's really good for a prospect. Pretty polished, kind of how we were talking about Zell Huber. Um, Duncan... I'm not too shocked this is what happened. I like Chris Duncan, but I'm not super surprised. Uh, great prospect, though, especially coming yeah. out of Mexico. Yeah, Manuel Torres, um, uh, yeah, he got he got stuck a little bit. He's able to um, just kind of get Chris Duncan down because I think he got him pretty quickly, too, like knocked him pretty quickly and was able to get him to the ground and finish him off. Um, yeah, Torres is a great prospect. Chris Duncan, he's getting up there a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. He looks old. I can't remember off the top of my head how old he is. But, um, yeah, that was just a tough way to come out, uh, tough way to lose. Oh, I guess he's 30, so he's not super young. He looks pretty old, though. Um, 
but yeah, great way to start the main card. I kind of wish uh, the, the, I guess there wasn't really that low of a spot other than the Sam Hughes fight. That one was kind of tough, but the other, the other two co-main and main were uh, very fun watches for sure. So what kind of ranking would you give this, uh, this fight night? Uh, I would say with all the controversy and being that it was a fight night, not a pay-per-view, I, I would rank it higher than, um, 298 last week, to be honest, uh, yeah. get knocked yeah. out by yeah, Ilya yeah. and Whitaker. I, I'd probably rank it higher to be honest. I think it threw a lot more monkey, which is crazy because the, obviously the star power you get from a fight night to a pay-per-view, but I think it threw a lot more monkey wrenches and divisions had some pretty exciting performances, some controversial ones. I, I liked it. And then not to mention the biggest star in the car. Well, I, maybe outside of Marino fucking, uh, Rahu Rojas fucking shit his pants or something. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Some he crazy sick. shit. Yeah, that yeah. stunk. That that's too bad. I wanted to see him fight, but yeah, no, I agree. It was up there. I would give it an A, an A card for sure. I think um, it was a lot of fun, and I was intrigued the whole time. But yeah, we are not going to miss another episode. Uh, sorry about that. We all got crushed um, with different stuff going on, but we are going to be here next week because we have a. Uh, God, it's hard to make this sound good, but we have UFC Fight Night, Rosenstrug versus Shamil Gaziev. So this one's yeah. so weird though, because you go down the card. It's a good it card. Better. It, yeah, it's weird how it gets better somehow. Like Mohammed Makayev's fighting. We have Tyson uh Tyson Pedro. Um Umar. Yeah, Ur, uh Urseg is not a bad prospect. He's kind of fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I like Steve Urseg. Yeah, so uh Claudio Hiberio's on there. So yeah, we got a lot of, you know pretty solid fights i guess but it's not going to be a, a fight fight night that a ton of people watch for sure but anyways we are going to be previewing it and reviewing it so stay tuned for that thank you all for listening and peace Whoa.